Hey, how you doing, folks? Welcome to Made My Day, the podcast that celebrates the little tiny wonderful things in life. Uh, this is episode 33, brought to you the week of January 30th, 2016. I'm your host. My name is James Kinnison, and I am glad that you have decided to hit play on this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Just to tell you a little bit about what it's about, in case you're first-timer or uh, maybe you've forgotten while we're here. Um, I'm a guy that um, has major depression disorder, anxiety, and bipolar, which is by far the most fun. Um, And I am on medication that helps me to manage it, Um, but (laughs) life can still be a roller coaster, and... I am in the habit these days of finding at least one thing, no matter how bad a day could be, finding one thing out of that day that made that day worth living for and living through. And uh, so this podcast is part of my therapy, uh, self-prescribed, by the way, where I share one thing from every day that made that day worthwhile. Hopefully, um, not only is it therapeutic for you, but it's entertaining, maybe funny, and maybe it's something you would want to do in your own life. Uh, if you ever have a MMD moment of your own, as we call them, MMD moments, uh, you can email those things in to mmdcast at gmail.com. Let's get started. Um, let's see. Last week, for me, started on a Saturday. Um, so I was very excited Um well, not excited. I'll tell you what I was excited about. But first, I, I woke up and I was just, I was, I had energy. I had, I, I felt outgoing, which is my normal me. Someone that would want to set things up and do things and appointments and make things happen. And um, I don't know, I, I set up some podcast appointments. This is something that I've, uh, I used to do back before uh, depression started slapping me around. Um, I've done a podcast called That Story Show, previously called Nobody's Listening. Um, we're in our 10th year now, and I wish I could say that we did it for 10 years, but it is, uh, it's still aging and, and is 10 years old. Um, but I, I set up some, um, some appointments, and one of them that I was very happy about um, was for Mr. Donovan Atkinson's show, he does one where they talk about news and events and things like that. And uh, Donovan and I, our, our uh, friendship is is online. Unfortunately, I've never met the guy face-to-face. I've tried to. There was so many times I drove past his city and, and for different reasons couldn't make a meetup happen. But what makes our relationship interesting is um, I am a what they would call a believer um, I believe in Christ. I believe in what Christ did. I believe that he was the Messiah and, and the whole thing. I've accepted him and, and have been trying to live for him, even though I'm, I'm pretty terrible at it. Uh, that's what I claim. That's, that's what I claim. And he, on the other hand, um, is pretty hardcore atheist. Um, or maybe he would call himself an agnostic. I'm not sure if he's, he, he, well, anyway, he and I have had some really good discussions, never arguments, and we have mutual respect. I respect what he does. And I, and I also appreciate that although he scratches his head probably when he thinks about me, (laughs) um, that he can still treat me without, you know, um, some atheists can be 
a little pompous. You know what I'm talking about. Same, and, and and I'm not saying Christianity doesn't have the 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 edge on that. I mean, we're the ones that uh, we're the we're the ones that invented looking down our noses at other people. But anyway, I tell you all that about Donovan because I got on. I wanted to be on his show, and and um, we we were just chatting back and forth, and on a uh, podcast group that I set up called the Hobby Podcaster. It's on Facebook. If you're a podcaster and you're a hobbyist, uh, jump on there. Um, it's great because you can get on there and ask questions and nobody's trying to sell you anything. They will just help you. It's like the good old days of podcasting back in 2005 and six. But, um, I got on his show and, um, I was, I was very, very happy about that. Okay. That's, there's, there's not a whole lot else to say. It was going to be because of his time zone he's in the eastern i was going to be on at 6 30 my time on a friday which was weird because that was going to throw off me and my kids movie night uh it was going to throw off our dinner that we always have pizza on um and so but I, but i had it i had it it was going to be great it's gonna be great so that was on saturday um another thing that was great with with my son was doing something with my son um we 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 wanted to find out i've been <laughs> Let me back up one more step. Uh, I have, I pay my kids um, to be good. <laughs> I bribe them every every day if they do all their chores. And man, there's a lot of lot of things that they have to remember to do. Um, you know, if they eat their breakfast and put their bowls away and put the little tearing the package of gogurt away, if they um, do their their chores after school, if they have good attitudes about homework and going to bed and getting ready for bed. Um, I give them a a golden dollar, you know, like the Sacagawea gold dollars, because um, I feel like I'm I'm paying them with coin, gold coins, and it's really fun for me that part, and they like it too, and um, so they so they're doing all this, and they've been doing it for weeks, and then Jenna had a birthday, my daughter, and uh, and then she had they both had Christmas, and so money comes in, and I really wanted to get down on the books how much money these kids have, because sometimes Jay. My son likes to get a little uh, spendy. He, you know, that money starts burning a hole in his pocket, and I want him to know exactly how much he has. That's kind of the point. And so, me and his wife sat down and figured everything out, and and we're counting up his money. <laughs> and there was the money in his his, uh, his his piggy bank. Then there was some more money that when I started asking my wife, she pulls out this wad of cash that she had been holding on to for him. So we stuck that in there. And he's and he's so upset, though, when we first count. The first count, it was like 30 bucks. And he's like, oh, man, I thought I had more than that. Well, that's because, you know, he knew something I didn't. Mom had some of it. So we dumped that in there. And he's like, oh, I have $100 now. Wow. You know, he's freaking out about that. And then my wife did a really genius thing because prior to us having them keep their money in physical form, we would just kind of cash all grandma's checks, you know, and and it would just be kind of in the cloud of the Kennison family. And when you spent money, we would kind of just kind of decide to take a certain amount away. And, oh, now you have this much and we'd forget about half of it. Well, my wife did a great thing. She figured out to the nearest dollar about how much each of the kids were owed. And she wrote a check, a check from our checkbook and slid it into their piggy banks there. And I was like, that is smart. That's really cool. That's really fun. And then my son had a great time adding a check, cash, and the coins all together. And I want to say he's got just about 150 bucks, which he's very happy about. 
especially considering he's got February coming on and he's got grandparents and a great grandma that like clockwork, uh, shell out some, uh, some birthday money. So that's pretty cool. Um, why was that fun? It, it's, it's fun cause it's a teachable moment. You know, um, they have to work an entire week, you know, five days to get five bucks. And anytime that he wants to buy something, Oh, it's not much. It's just $9. I'm like, well, do you realize that's two weeks, two weeks of every day you being perfect. And they're not always perfect. Uh, and, and then that gives him pause and he thinks about it. And, and I love that because I, I wasn't taught about money. I didn't know about money at all. I mean, I graduated high school and got myself in so much debt. Oh my gosh. And just screwed up my bank accounts and my credit and all this kind of stuff because I didn't understand about things. And it was a terrible time to be a, a clueless person about money because you could get a, you could get a ATM card. These things were fairly new. And um, you could have a checkbook as well still, Woo-hoo, you know, um, and then you had, uh, uh, oh, you had access to the ATM or to the bank through the ATM. So what I would do, because I didn't understand the way things works, I'd write my check out and I would, you know, pay for something with that. And then I, and then I'll go because you couldn't play, pay with your ATM card yet. But then I'd go to the ATM machine, plug that thing in, and I'd be like, oh, well, I got more money than I thought. You know why? Because the money wasn't automatically taken out of the account. I'm sure it is now. I'm sure it's like when you slide that check through, if they even take your check, it's like approved right there on the dot. And and they can tell you if it's a bad check or not. Um, But me, I would write big checks and I would pull the money out before they would get run through and then I'd be in trouble. And I really, honest to God, didn't understand what I was doing. Uh, my son's only seven, but he has more of a handle on money than I had when I graduated high school. And that's the goal. That's the goal. It's not to, you know, inflate my son's piggy bank uh, entrails, entrails of gold coins. It's not that. It's um, it's to teach him how to handle it and how to respect it and to realize how much work goes into each one of those dollar coins. So anyway, that was fun, too. That was on Saturday. Um Let's see. Oh, Sunday, we had, uh, I go to a church called Novation here in uh, St. Louis in South County, uh, or not South County, South City, St. Louis. And we were there. And afterwards, after church was over, um, we were having snacks and stuff around the kitchen table at my friend Paul's house. And I don't know how it got brought up. But me and me and Paul do a podcast, or we we did and we'll do again a show called um, Movie Beatdown. And if you want to go over there and check that out, it's moviebeatdown.com. And what we do is we take and break down the plot points of movies and um, try to figure out where each of them are and how well they were done. But one thing we do in the off times is we end up talking about movies on Netflix, these independent movies that were really good or really bad. And we had been through a movie, uh, let's see, short-term, ah, movie was called Short-Term 12. And it's really good. It's independent. And if you've ever worked with inner-city kids or kids with special needs, um, you need to see this movie because it's just got some realness in it. And it's just it's just good. I don't, I don't even think you need that requirement to enjoy it. But I think it would just mean that much more to you. Um, if you did, but then on the other hand, I don't remember exactly the story, but I, I, we started talking about a movie called don't blink, 
which is on um, on uh, Netflix. And I thought it was a unique idea. And the ending had my jaw drop. And I, I know you hear that all the time on Facebook. You know, oh, the, this video started boring, but then what they did made my jaw drop, you know. Um, but I did, I, I, my, I, my mouth fell open. I couldn't believe what had happened. And so he watched it and then he's mad at me. You owe me a, an hour and a half. He says, you know, he's a writer. He's, um, he's actually writing for this, this independent movie himself. And so it's kind of a thing with him. Um, but the movie, I don't want to spoil it for you cause it is amazing. Not, um, it is, it is probably not rated PG 13. It's probably rated R, um, or, or NR or whatever it is on, on YouTube, but it's, it's a cabin in the woods kind of spooky movie, except it's not spooky. Just one person after the other starts disappearing randomly. And I think it's a neat concept. I don't know that it was done very well or anything, but I thought it was a unique concept. I wanted to see what he thought and he absolutely hated it. But um, then we have these ladies in the church that are also fairly new to religion and church in general, have never been to a, a typical church or whatever. And uh, I'm not used to this, but um, one of the ladies was like, oh, that movie was scary. That movie was amazing. That was awesome. And, and it's not awesome. I mean, often, that's what I mean to say, in a typical church where a female woman lady person will uh, get your back, have your back on a, on a spooky movie. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it, it was pretty awesome. It was pretty funny. Um, so it was two against one. And Paul, Paul is uh, very knowledgeable, very smart, and uh, he will argue you into a hole in the ground um, on why something isn't great or whatever. But I have this thing where I don't care about writing sometimes, and I don't care – uh, about if the movie makes complete sense, because if I just enjoyed it, then that's enough for me. I'm going to tell you one of them right now. Uh, Snowpiercer. If you haven't seen it, it's on Netflix. It's got some bloody guts in it a little bit, but it's, it's, it's uh, made by these Korean guys, I think. And, but it's, but it's English and they have uh, English speakers. As, as a matter of fact, uh, Captain American dude is the main dude in it. And it's really, really good and it's really really cheesy at the same time um it's it's <laughs> but i love it and I'll, I'll i think i've watched it seven times but it's one i just have in the background when i'm working on something doing artwork i i can envision the whole thing in my head while i'm while i'm hearing it another one is pacific rim you know not a, a amazing you know all-time blockbuster movie for me it's great i've watched it like I said, 10, 15 times it's, uh, and, and my kids can even watch that one with me. So it's really good. And, uh, I don't care about some things <laughs> about movies. If they're, if they're fun, I like them. So that was fun. That was fun. Uh, hollering at Paul and having somebody, uh, that's not really typically known for <laughs> having your back, having your back. So, uh, Monday, I got to go and see a, a church, a church. Um, you say, wow, that sounds awesome. This is an inner city church and it was empty. It is for sale. And we were, we and um, some other folks and my, my friend David, who's our pastor, 
we went to look at this place to see if it's something that maybe we wanted to, to look at. You know, it's right in the middle of the neighborhood that we're wanting to have an effect on. And, um, you know, it's got it had church stuff because uh, the, the build, we have a building where we're we're messing with now, but it doesn't have a lot of the spaces that you would want, like a kitchen, maybe, or a place to congregate. Um, a place to put kids and nurseries and things like that. And this one um, did. It's very small, very unique. Uh, it had um, uh, definitely some spookiness going on because, you know, the lights are out and there's some water damage. And you could tell the folks that were in it tried to keep it going as long as they could, but stuff kind of fell off. And so, yeah, there's there's this one room. It was like their uh, fellowship hall, and it had – Fans, like old timey, you know, just lightly rusted brown fans stuck in the wall all the way down each side, about three on each side. I was like, please, if we get this place, no matter how much we update this place, can we keep the fans? They're amazing. Because that was obviously predating, uh, you know, the uh, the air conditioning. Um, a lot of the houses in the neighborhood that I live in are 100 plus years old. Uh, matter of fact, the one I rented until I bought our house uh, was definitely over a hundred years old. So how so churches, you know, could definitely be before 1950. I mean, pfft, that's easy. And this one was added to. It was added on to. Uh, it had an original building, and then added on to at the back, and then added on one more time, and that gave it some classrooms. It gave it a church office. Um, some more entrances and things like that. But, you know, it has a steeple. It has a tiny little, it might sit 100 people, might. It is a tiny church, tiny rooms, tiny everything. Um, but we are not a typical church and don't require the same amount of, you know, hugeness that everybody else does. Uh, the, the only thing we do need is a place for everybody to be able to get together at least once a month. Uh, for what we call a celebration service. But anyway, it was really cool looking at the place. It was really spooky. Um, you could tell they tried to modernize a couple things like the bathrooms. And so there were so many stalls stuck in there. Like there were four stalls in this, in this room and you had to squeeze past the first one to get to the rest of them. So if you were fatter than me, you wouldn't even be able to get in there. Um, and then in the very, very back, uh, it, there was just all this old stuff, man. I love, I wish I could go through even more older buildings just to see, you know, the, the old things. Cause this one had cabinets in it and they were just normal cabinets until you open them up and realize it had glass, leaded glass frames in the front, you know, and just, they don't do that kind of stuff anymore. It would just be a plastic cabinet from Ikea or something. But in the very back on the wall, they had sketched out the floor plan of every single part of the church. It was really neat. I got I took pictures of it with my iPhone. And uh, and then I, what that did, you say, well, so what? You're walking the place. Why do you need that? They had labeled each room. And so now I know how this church from 50 years ago used the building. And uh, one of them was called the library. And it's this room, and it's the, the ceiling is maybe a foot over your head. It's in the basement. And it's and it's just old. And there's one, uh, maybe it was a great library at the time, but but there's one bookshelf against the wall, and on the very top is just these antiquated, weird, you know, books. And nothing, nothing that you would ever, you know, like English, English for sixth graders from, you know, 25 years ago or whatever. So um, 
it was it was interesting. It was interesting. I think the creepiest room in the place was the the nursery. Have you ever seen these places? You go down the street and there is a childcare center, and um, the 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 toys in the front are all bleached out. And there's all these characters that kind of almost look like uh, Disney characters or almost look like Big Bird. Yeah. Well, now imagine that underground with uh, bad mildewy carpet and water damage everywhere. It it was just creepy because they they tried to make it light and beautiful. And I'm sure it would have been with light on in there, uh, but with just the light coming through the basement windows, it looked like something that you would film a, a scary movie in. No joke. So uh, also what makes um, churches, particularly empty churches, scary for me is when I was young, I don't know why she thought this. I don't know why she believed this. But my mom, um, at the time of my, she had to be from six, seven or eight, one of those three ages, she told me that um, after the church is over and everybody leaves, uh, that the demons come in. And uh, that they they can't be in there when the Christians are in there, but when they leave, uh, that's that's when the demons come back. And if the demons came with the person, that's when you know they pick them back up. So I guess basically it's like children's church. You drop off your demon, you get a little tag, and then you do your your church stuff, and then you go back and you pick up your demon for the way home. But then the the loose demons, just the ones that are apparently evenly scattered across the face of the entire earth in a grid formation um, that we have disturbed because of our morning worship, uh, once once we're gone, they're able to slide back into their roles. And and that sounds absolutely ridiculous now, but at the time, obviously scared the poop out of me. I mean, ch- big, not just churches, libraries, uh, any place that is usually full of people and then is not full of people and is empty becomes, you know, horribly creepy. And the bigger the space, the better. Um, and so I, I still at 42 years old, I don't like, <laughs> I don't like these places a little bit more than you do. Cause, uh, cause of the demon <laughs> aspect. I know it's not true, but, uh, Every time the lights go down or I got to walk through a dark spot, the hairs on the back of my neck stand up because the demons are there. <laughs> I don't know why I'm not. I don't know why they would. Um, I don't know why they would still be able to come in if I were there. The logic of the Christian warding off the, the demonic hosts dictates that I would, you know, clear the building if I walked into the room. I guess I, I didn't thought about that till now. But, um, but apparently I never applied that to me. I, I was the target, so I didn't count. If I walk in, the demons are like, eh, yeah, he, I mean, he's saved, but well, Jesus won't care if we mess with him. So yeah, uh, got to go to a church building. And, um, another thing I know I'm not, I'm not allowed to have two things, but I've taken on a, a project, a, a project is, is a, isn't is a great word for it. Um, I, I, um, I think last week I talked to you about a young lady in our church that I've connected with. Um, we've begun to support each other. Um, and, and she's a mother of one of the kids in our, 
in our church, and she she deals with bipolarism. I I deal with that, you know, and I've, I'm kind of more or less on the healed side of this thing, so I'm able to help her out, and and it's just been a great thing. Um, but the other day we we were, she was just kind of talking to me about how she felt like she was letting her son down, and I understood that 150 percent um, because when I was at my worst. I felt like I was making my family suffer the most, you know, and, and depression is like that. It'll take the most wonderful things about your life and turn them into the worst things because of the way love and, and relationships work. Um, you love them the most. You want to be there for them. You're not there for them. You can't do for them. And therefore, that relationship that usually is a wonderful, amazing thing turns and stabs you and kills you because you can't. Uh, you feel like anyway that that you're doing them so wrong, and it just adds so much more pain and anxiety and frustration and all that kind of stuff. So what I what I was hearing from her though is is it wasn't you know uh, the relationship side of things that that were letting go, and I just I don't know I didn't guess, and I'm not any kind of a soothsayer, but I said you know is this is this um, having to do with his grades, with his schoolwork. And she said, yes. And I said, well, I would love to help out because every single day I help two little kids out um, with their homework and adding one more person to the mix is not going to mess anything up. And so on that day, um, I picked, we, we kind of set it up on Sunday, but I picked up this young man from his school. And it was kind of funny because I go in there and, there's no teachers. They're all upstairs. It's a small, I mean, eensy private school to the point that their elementary grades are like first and second, third and fourth. They're combined because they're so small. But, uh, but the the young man didn't really know. I he was supposed to have known that I was picking him up, but he was not there. And I eventually, I, one of the kids, I'd been in there three times. My kids were sitting out in the car. I couldn't go in the building. But I said, "Does anybody know where this guy is?" And they said, "Yeah, he's in the he's in the gym." And you go down here and you turn left. You know, like, I can't do that. Can't do that. I said, "I will give you five dollars right now. Somebody five bucks to go down there and get Darrell. And this young man's like, "For real?" And I had a five dollar bill and I handed it to him and I felt kind of like a jerk. But um, some kid got five bucks for just walking down the hall for me. So whatever. And uh, the next day, um, you know, the young man knew to come out and I had barely parked before he jumped in the uh, passenger side. So that worked out. So but Monday was the first day that I, I started helping this this guy. And he is an eighth grader. And he is um, he is me. He, he, we're kind of new to each other. So I'm kind of learning how he is and he's learning how I am. And, and he's not without struggles. Um, I, I think his education has been, um, has not been the best and it hasn't been his fault. It's, I mean, the teacher he has now isn't great. I got, I went and met him and kind of asked some questions and, I mean, they don't even grade everything the kids do, you know, like sometimes they just come up and they show their workbook and the guy's like, okay, great. And it's like, they could have written down anything or they could have busted their butts like me and him have been doing for the last week. And the grade would have been the same, you know, it would have been a hundred or a zero. If the guy's even writing that down, I don't know. So I'm a little frustrated there, but, um, we have been working together every day this week. Uh, except for Fridays, we're not going to do Fridays because that's my my kids. 
and my wife's time there because she gets home early and we watch something and 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 eat pizza and stuff. But um, it's it's been really good, and I don't say that in a good way. I think eventually it's going to get worse, and then it'll get better because I've more than just you know started tutoring this kid. I've kind of decided to adopt him unofficially of course and i want to him to get to the point where i'm finally getting through to who he really is because uh, he's been very kind he's been very um yes sir no sir that kind of stuff but that's not what i hear his mom say you know that he does so eventually we'll scrape through all that you know surface kindness and we'll get to where he really is and then we can uh we can really start working together uh, the goal with any boy, especially, um, is is you have to get them to work hard, and that is not an easy thing to do. I didn't work hard when I was in school, and I think I'm a great teacher. I think I'm a great uh, person to help with him because of those things. Sometimes I have little shortcuts that are legal, <laughs> you know, for 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 things, but. Uh, you know, a person like my wife who was really smart might not know that. I also know how to, I also know what words in the definition throw you off. Cause sometimes in books you read a definition of what a phrase is or a, a direct object or indirect object. And the definition is harder to understand than um, the words and what it is really. And so it's, it's really great for me to refresh my mind on those things and then be able to tell him in a, in a simple way. But that that's Monday. Okay, and I'm looking forward to next week, and I'll tell you why in a bit. Uh, so Tuesday, um, his his mother uh, messages me on Facebook and says, "You know, I know it's only been two days. This is Tuesday late, um, but do you think we can help him?" And that's such a hard thing to to answer because, um, in in one sense, any attention that is given to this guy, this kid and his grades and homework and stuff like that is going to help him. Anything is going to, going to be a great thing. But, um, it's, you know, she says, I know it's only been two days and I'm like, yeah. And, and that's, that's why it's hard to answer. But I, I just told her I wouldn't be spending time on him if I thought it was going to go to waste because I can see two futures for this young black man young young man who happens to be black um he can fart around in school text his life away dream some for some impossible dream that is never going to happen um or at least not from where he's at right now and will never happen on the road he's continuing to go on um or he can be influenced uh, into caring about working hard, not just in grades, but in every aspect of his life. Um, and he can see a different lifestyle and he can hopefully uh, head in that general direction. Um, I know this for a fact, having worked with specifically African-American kids for, for you know, a decade plus is sometimes those kids have never been outside of the world that they live in. They've never been outside. One kid, his name was Willis. I took him to my house one time and I expected him to be kind of impressed with the house. But when we stopped at a gas station, I went inside and, and, and got some milk or something and got back out and he goes, wow, 
And I'm like, what, what? You know, he says, this place is so clean. And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, well, the sidewalks and stuff. And, and, and I knew what he was talking about. The sidewalks are really dark and they have a gum. It's every black little spot that you see on the ground is, is somebody spit out their gum and has been walked in and it stays there forever. Um, You've seen you've seen seedy looking gas stations, you know, that have more posters about uh, the price of cigarettes. And then they have the the neon sign with the beer on it. You know, you don't even you can't even see inside for all that stuff. Those are the kind of places we used to. Um, And another another time we took some kids out to a place and we stopped at another really great place and they. I mean, this kid loved the uh, the hand towels so much, the the paper hand towels that he took all of them, as many as he could anyway, out. And he's like, I'm going to take these home. My mom will really like these. And, and they were really soft and fluffy paper towels. And, um, you know, part part of you wants to say, no, that's stealing. But, but the rest of you is just so in awe of the fact that something that small, that base could you know be considered a gift and you realize you start to realize that the world that i see the world that i experience the world that i'm in is not the same world as the world that they're in they don't they don't see things from the same perspective and for me to judge anything um with with the uh with the assumption that i have the right perspective on it is is not is not right. Well, uh, I'll give you an example. When when the kid's mom was talking to me about the teacher, there was a part of me in the back of my mind going, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." It's always the teacher's fault because I I ministered to kids and their parents forever, and I'm used to parents defending their kids. It's what they do. It's their job. But then when I met went and met the teacher, I'm like, "Holy crap, she's right." He, he does have this kid tagged. He has him labeled and put away in a drawer. He's decided that he's lazy. And you know what? The kid is a bit lazy, but he is not without redemption. You know, the only thing it takes to stop being lazy is to start working and giving your best effort. So anyway, that's what we're shooting for. And that's kind of what I told her. So um, Wednesday, Wednesday. I got a random um, email or no, it was a message. It was a message from Facebook and I'm going to read it. Okay. Uh, If I can find it. There it is. Okay. This is a friend of the lady whose son I am uh, working with. Hey James, because I probably won't see you until Sunday, and I wouldn't want to get all mushy in front of everybody anyway. I wanted to tell you how awesomely awesome I think you are. What you are doing with this young man is wonderful. And the help you've given to my sister, and it's not her sister. I asked the kid and he says, no, they're just really close. Uh, the help you've given to my sister is is just beautiful. You seem to have reached her during the worst times I have ever seen her go through. And I'm grateful to you for that. So just consider this one th- big old hug from me to you saying, thank you so much. Um, and I am happy to be sharing life with you and your beautiful family. And, um, you know, those are the kinds of things you don't delete. You know what I'm saying? Um, and it's stuff like that that made my day because where I struggle after all the crap I've been through is 
trying to find a place where I can say this is where God's will was in all of this. Because everybody has always told me my whole life, and I've preached it a hundred times, that everything happens for a reason. They also say that all things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. But I don't, I right now, there's a part of me that doesn't believe that. But it's things like what she wrote and her mother have, has, have, have written to me through Facebook that, uh, well, for instance, uh, well, it, it it's those things that make me realize that maybe, um, or open myself up to the option that maybe there really was some sort of point to this, or even if there wasn't, that eventually there will be. How about that? Because I don't like thinking that there was a point to it because it was, it was bad. I think I just got something from Facebook. But anyway, um, but here's another little tidbit that that was along those, those lines. Uh, it was just something um, about her day and a trigger. She said, I had a trigger moment and I didn't even know you could get those. And I was like, yeah, um, and they can happen to you and it can it can take all your energy for the day away. And then you're down for the whole day because of something that happened with someone Um and I, and the funny thing was I was, I had a trigger that hit me on Thursday. Uh, and we'll talk about that in a second, but her response to this was, man, I am so glad. And I'm paraphrasing big time. She says, I wish that you had gotten sick sooner and better sooner so that you could have moved here sooner. <laughs> and, um, and she says, just kidding. But I, I totally understood what she meant. I totally understood. And, but, but to, for me to understand that I had to accept that, you know, maybe God is going to take that horrible, horrible part of my life and maybe, 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 maybe um, turn turn it into something good. Because I think what I subconsciously believe is that, and I know I don't believe it, but I still must, um, is that God works everything out for the good right there and then. Right there in the moment. I think that's what I kind of believed and and why I'm still kind of hurt because that's not what happened. I lost my, I had to give up my job. I, I always want to say I lost my job, but that sounds like I, I got fired. I, I, I had to leave my position. I had to let my family down and my kids down and a hundred other things. Um, but so, so things didn't work out for the good, but it doesn't, it doesn't say that. It doesn't say immediately. It doesn't say in the moment. It doesn't even say in the same year. It doesn't say when, actually. It says, and we know that in all things, God works together for the good, for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Um, in all things, first of all, all things, sucky things, awesome things, all things work together for the good for the good. Good is not always fun. Good is not always attractive, is it? Holding your child down while they get their shots is a good thing to do. But you ask that child and they'll say you're the devil mom or the devil dad. <laughs> so good, my, my understanding of good and God's understanding of good, are I have to imagine, are totally different things. And then, of course, there is no time mentioned in there at all. 
Yeah. And we know that God's going to work all things together for the good uh, right there about 1159, late in the midnight hour. God's going to turn it around. He's going to work in your favor. Yes, he will. Uh, it doesn't do that. Sorry. That's us. That's what we add on to it. We're like, yeah, Jesus is a package deal, man. You get all hooked up and everything's awesome. Except for that thing about Paul and how he suffered and went to jail and then died a martyr's death. But uh, we're going to have a fun time. It's going to be amazing. So it's American Christianity. So uh, so mom's the, the, the young lady's mom's... Uh, Friend, and I'm calling her a young lady in case she listens to this, and because she will appreciate that I'm not calling her a mom all the time. So, <laughs> uh, let's see. Friday, Wednesday, Friday, Thursday. We're on Thursday now. Um, Thursday was was a a hit and a, it was kind of a a good thing, and then and then it and then it got rough. Um, somewhere between Wednesday night and Thursday morning, I decided to get a brand new. WordPress theme. WordPress is where, you know, most blogs are made from WordPress these days. And a theme is something that helps you to organize, you know, the sidebars and the the items and all this stuff. And NLCast.com, my main website for all of my shows, um, I'd gotten an email from Google and they'd said, you know, we're going to start, you know, because your, your website, it doesn't work with, uh, phones and devices very well. It's old school kind of website. Um, we're going to start you know, docking you and you're not going to get as many hits when people search for your keywords because your website sucks and you need to get it fixed. And this has been a while. And finally, you know, since I've been doing shows again and the Patreon money has been coming in for the episodes that I do, people that support me through Patreon at a dollar show, um, that money is, you know, begin to come in and I was able to buy a framework, which I'll spare you the definition and then the theme on top of it. And it wasn't cheap. Um, but it, uh, was fully paid for by, by our, um, our wonderful folks that listen to that story show and the folks, even that listen to MD, it all kind of goes in the same pot after all. Uh, so if you go over to analcals.com and you you look it up on your phone, you look it up on your on your iPad or your you know laptop or whatever, no matter which way you orient it, turn it, spin it, flip it, it's going to look good. And it's still got work to do, but it does function and it works as I want it to work. And um that was, you know, when you're when you're not when you're not someone that produces something every single day like like a working person does. Um, anytime you can get something that is functional and done out the door, um, that's a good day. That's a good day. But that day was also uh, a weird day because that evening I got a call or a text or something from my from my friend, Pastor David PD. Um, and David says, "Hey, don't for, you know? Don't forget about tomorrow night. Don't forget about Friday night. And um, also, I would love to get some help from you." on the lesson that we're going to talk about to the kids. And I'm like, Friday night, Friday night. Oh my gosh. <sighs> he wasn't talking about the the podcast that I had signed up for. He was talking about this thing that we had planned for like from a month ago at the school near our church. And uh, we were going to do a family fun night with these carnival games and, um, and hot dogs and chips. And then we were going to do a lesson at the end. Um, 
and 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 I guess I was kind of uh, without anybody saying it, I was supposed to be a part of that stage show because you know, hey, I was the children's pastor once, right? But the way my life works now, and it wasn't this so much this way before, but the way it is now, one of the things that kind of lingers on me is things that are new, different, or un- unknown that come up at the very last minute, send me into kind of a, a panic mode. And, and, um, I haven't, it hadn't been real bad lately, but I'm telling you on Thursday, I could just feel it start to creep into my chest and I kind of was able to ignore it. I, I stayed busy, you know, and, and, and so thir- so Friday, Friday, uh, I was just a mess. I, I, I hadn't slept good. I got up and I, I was very easily, I don't know. I just had, I, it's weird. You don't cry, but you have tears coming down your face. You know, you ever had one of those things. Um, and then I was, I'm, I'm really stressed. My chest is hurting. It, my chest is clenching up. It's, it's a panic attack kind of thing, or at least my version of it. And I, I felt like I, I, you know, the thing had caught me off guard cause I'd forgotten about it. And then I had so much apparently to do <clears throat> as a result of it. <clears throat> And then he, he texts back and he says, you know, is there any, you got anything? And, and I finally just said, say, I'm sorry. I got nothing. I have absolutely, I can't even think, I can't even think about it. Can't come up with anything. And, and I'm laying in bed. I went upstairs and laid in bed. I haven't done that forever where I just couldn't handle life. And, and I, I started texting him and I just said, I'm sorry. I, I, I hate to do this. I hate to say it, but I, I, I don't, I can't do it. I can't do this. It's too much. It's too stressful. And he wrote back and he says, well, I'll tell you what, um, instead of the stage thing, we'll just have you run in a game or something. And he didn't understand at the time that what I was actually saying. So I texted him back and I says, I'm talking about not even be able to be there. I said, I hate myself. I do. I hate telling you, but I moved here and connected with you guys partially. So I wouldn't have to lie anymore because I used to lie. I used to lie a lot. I tell people because I was trying to hide because people judge you and they still do, but I just don't care anymore. Um, but, you know, I, I would tell people that I worked with and worked for, you know, that I was sick or that I needed to finish something at home or I needed to work at home. And, and it would be me just being at home absolutely, you know, just racking in, in misery and pain and questions and doubts and mostly pain. Um, so anyway, he writes back. He's like, Oh, that's fine. He says, the only thing is I do want to set up some, something where my wife or, or somebody can come pick up your kids. Cause I, I know they would, uh, they're good workers and they are, and he would have done well with them. And I'm not, I'm not going to joke with you. I, I, um, I felt terrible, felt terrible, but then I, I get on Facebook with, uh, my friend, the, the, you know, kid's mom, I'm going to have to give these people fake names eventually. <laughs> but she says the thing about her trigger. She just start, She just posts me and she says, I had a trigger today and it was terrible. I didn't know I could have it. And I was like, you want to talk about triggers? I had one yesterday and it's when Pastor David said this, this, and this, and you got to do this. I said, I am a mess. I have, I have, re, I have rolled back four months in, in my, you know, evolution or, you know, my way out of this mess. So I'm laying here and I can't even think about anything. I says, but you know, 
she said, she said something and some other things. And if anybody else had said this, I wouldn't be able to take it. But she said, you don't, you need to go. She says, you need to go because you, you don't need to let him down because that will feel worse than going will. Because well, going would hurt, but go, not going will hurt worse. And, and she was right. And she knows what she's talking about. And that's why I could take it. And, and something else she said, she says, I wasn't going to go either because of my thing today. <laughs> she says, but I'll go to support you. And um, her and I didn't say more than 15 words to each other the whole time. But I knew when she got there that she was there to support me and to help me out. You know, my wife was eventually there. The kids came with me. But I emailed David, though, right after that. And I says, I will be, if I go at 3.30, if I'm there early, things start at like 6.30. I'm there at 3.30. Will there be anything for me to do? I'll, I can grab the kids, change them, you know, have some food in their bellies for a snack and then get there. And he says, yeah, come on. And we basically put the entire event together. Um, I was right to the last minute making signs for him to do the lesson that I ended up telling him about that I had in my head that for some reason I couldn't communicate before. And, um, you know, there's a lot of room for improvement in the event that we did, but the folks that were there, and stuff had a great time. Um, <laughs> I also fought a kid. <laughs> okay. This didn't make my day. I just think it'll be entertaining for you. Um, there, we, we had a, a couple of basketball. It's in a gym. The event was, we had a couple of basketball shooting type of games, but we had them with these balls that would fall to the ground because you don't want balls bouncing around, hitting kids in the head. But this one kid had come in off the street, and the kids were supposed to come with parents, but he came in with a, ba a, uh, a basketball, and there was a gentleman that represented the school teacher, parent, you know, uh, conglomeration there, and he was a very heavy set man, and he called the kid's name, he knew him, and the kid gets this devilish look on his face and starts bouncing the ball away from him, kind of always facing the guy as he got up and started walking. I can't say chasing, but he was following the kid, and the kid does this fake thing like he's going to hurl it at the at the hoop from half point, and he got, my, he got me. I thought he was going to do it, but one of the things that got me through the event last night is I realized I wasn't a children's pastor. I'm a volunteer. The chaos, anything that was going wrong around me was not my responsibility. It wasn't my fault or my responsibility to fix it. But this kid and his, I'll just say it, I don't say this very often, but his demonic enjoyment of running from this, this gentleman and uh, not even running, just walking, you know, and keeping away from him. Well, the kid got close to me, and I shouldn't have done it, but I grabbed that basketball and jerked it right out of his hands. Well, he grabs onto it and tries to do the dead weight thing where he's hanging on it, and I jerk the ball four or five times straight up in the air, and the kid kind of comes loose. But then he tries to run away, and I grabbed his coat and kind of pulled him to me, and I said as I handed the ball to the gentleman, if you want to stay, you have to obey. And I didn't mean to rhyme or say some sort of thing, but, um, but I did. And he goes, I want my ball. And, uh, I says, well, then you need to take it and go. And then, um, a couple of people from my church were like, Oh my gosh, you know, that was awesome or old school or something like that. And I said, yeah, I, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have done that at all. I said, I probably should go home. And all of the stress and all the yuckiness came back because I was just sure that I, you know, because 
I was there as this white dude, you know, that image of a white guy, you know, fighting this, this this little black kid and all the folks that were around. And and I just, I didn't like the way that looked. So I went out, sat in the car and I texted my, my bipolar friend. And I was like, you saw it. Was it as, was it as bad as I think it was? And she goes, no, it just looked like a, an adult, you know, um, trying to make a kid behave. And I'm like, okay, all right. She's a, she's a woman of color that goes a long way with me. And, um, but I was just feeling terrible. I was about to leave, but my kids coach were in the car and my wife was coming. And so, um, she went in or she, she came by the car and she walked me in and we, you know, sat there and I'm glad I did go. I'm glad I didn't leave because David needed me for a game of, uh, of, uh, we did a, a, the stage part of the evening and they did a, a, uh, what do they call it? Musical chairs. And, and he had planned on me plugging my phone in and using my Pandora account to provide the music. And I didn't know that. And if I'd have left, I'd have left him up high and dry. And it would have been just as uh, almost as if I didn't go in the first place. Whew. So yeah. And he ended up having to do the, uh, the teaching part. And what we talked about was, um, was tr- being trustworthy and, uh, are you someone that can be trusted? You know, we talked about what does it take to be trusted with your parents? Obedience. What does it take to be trusted with your teachers? Uh, putting your forth your best effort. What does it take to be um, uh, trusted by your friends? And kindness was the word we chose. And we had them do a little uh, oath at the end that said, and it was to others, to the others around them, I will do my best to gain your trust or to earn your trust. Because gain is not a word a second grader would know. And so uh, that's what I gave. And it would have been better for David if I had been able to do it. And maybe one day I will. And But I think that was my trigger. You know, it's a kid's thing. It would have been the first time I had done something on stage with kids. I feel like I failed at that in life. And why would I ever want to do that again? That kind of stuff. <sighs> but yeah, now I'm, I'm known as... Th- I don't know. I think I have a nickname at the church now and it's not, it's not uh, happy James. It's, it's like, um, <laughs> I can't remember what they call it referee or, or something like that. But I don't, I'm not proud of what I did at all. And I will never, uh, it's just, I've restrained kids a hundred times. I've had to keep kids from hurting themselves and me. And I just slipped into that role, you know? And, and I, I, I assumed, I guess that's why I, freaked out because I assumed I'd be talking to a parent that I would be answering to, you know, all these different things and people would be judging me and and all this. But when you're not a pastor, when you're a volunteer, (laughs) it's just not the same. So the worst they can do to you is say, um, you're not allowed to come and work for no money anymore. And you'd be like, okay, cool. But nobody seemed to mind. I'll tell you what, after I, my mind completely cleared on the subject, I was like, yeah, if if anybody was going to say anything, it would have been the guy that I was trying to help out, you know, he was a son, son, uh, you know, don't, don't be, don't be doing this, uh, you know, give him back the ball. You shouldn't, it's not your job. He was, he took the ball and, and took the kid and took, took him to the door. So nobody was yelling at me. Not that I'm going to make a habit of fighting sixth graders, but, uh, today is Saturday. And though the day is not over, it is nearly over. And I did a lot of great things today. Um, at least in my opinion. First of all, I figured out a way to live stream the audio from my podcast recordings uh, without adding additional computers. I just found a, um, a, a USB sound card 
that I had. I plugged it into my uh, laptop and Skype uses the laptop sound card and the streaming service uses the other one. And it's really easy and fun and cool. And uh, if I can answer any questions on that for you, let me know. Um, my son, though, drawing Harry Potter characters today was definitely my high point. He and I have been reading. I think I've mentioned it on latter shows. We're now on the third book and we're like in the fourth chapter or something. Harry's still not. I don't think he's still gotten to um, Hogwarts yet, but um, but he's he drew these characters that he's he's seen in movies, I guess, and and all that. But he did Harry. And he comes down a little bit later. He's done Hermione, and there's sp- the the spelling on their names is horrendous. Uh, I don't know how you could spell Hermione right, much less wrong. But he uh, he had Ron spelled wrong, you know. Um, cause he's guessing, you know, but I didn't, I didn't point that out. That's not the time or the place, but his drawings are really cute. He had these giant heads and these little, little bodies and they had their little wands and little sparklies coming out. And he, he, he even put, um, the Gryffindor, uh, thing around their neck with the, 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 oh, what are they called? <laughs> Scarves. Uh, I, I'm having a lot of problems lately remembering words, and I, I'd like to think it's my medicine, not just me getting old, but we'll see. So that was amazing, um, but it was it was a close tie with my daughter. I come up from downstairs, and uh, she has uh, she has glasses, sunglasses, and uh, a hat on my dog. We have the Shih Tzu dog. And his name is Moffat, and I just took him and had him groomed, and uh, and it had been four months, so he was like a walking carpet, you know. In in um, Lady and the Tramp, the one dog that sings, he's a tramp, you know. That's what my dog looked like, that dog. And uh, it was kind of funny though because I set up the appointment, took the dog, brought him home, and didn't tell the kids or the wife that he was going to be groomed, and um, so I got to hear the. Ah! You know, when the kids came in and then <gasps> later on when the wife came in. So that's kind of fun. But uh, yeah, she's taking pictures of him. Um, he looks like a hipster. He's got a little hoodie. I mean, uh, what do you call his stupid hats? <laughs> he's just got a stupid hat and stupid glasses. Okay. But it amazes me that the dog will sit there and let him do that. And then let her walk away, grab her iPad, stand there absolutely still while she takes pictures um, he eventually does try to bump them off, but I've never owned a dog that would put up with that, you know? <laughs> so there you go. That is my week. I have hope you have had a week full of, uh, little tiny, wonderful things in life. Um, I want to take a minute though, before I am done and I want to make sure that I read this to you. This is from, um, this is from a gentleman that he wanted to remain anonymous. He says my MMD moments after the past few weeks have been when I see a new episode of MMD, uh, the show and that story show pop up in my podcast app with the main, my day show. I enjoy listening because it lets me know that I am not alone in the pain and the questions that I'm going through at this point in my life. And when I hear the story, that story show, it provides a few minutes of escape from the current nightmare that I am living through and allows me to forget for a while, and I can laugh. Thank you, James, for creating these shows. He says, I'm not dealing with depression. I'm not bipolar or anything like that. My pain and my hurt is just as real, though. About five weeks ago, my wife of 12 years walked out on me unexpectedly. 
A few days later, I found out that she had been having an affair for over a month. My world collapsed all around me, and I had been struggling just to make it through one day at a time ever since. I, I, I know that you didn't intend the MMD show for this kind of circumstances, but I wanted to let you know how your content has been a help to me. And um, thank you, sir. And I hope, I, I hope, 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 a hundred times hope that um, that you will find hope. It sounds dumb, but sometimes just having hope is, it, well, having hope is everything. Having hope is everything. I can't imagine what you have been through. All I can imagine that is that it's horrible, and um, that we that you have you have you have not struggled. You have suffered, and you are suffering. And no matter if you have had uh, you know mental distress or uh, you know a relationship thing or or you know, lost a, a child, suffering is suffering. And I think it puts you into a group full of people that know just a little bit different about how the world works. And even even us in America and any other, you know, country that is similar as far as first world countries, we we don't even understand what suffering is really, because in our air conditioned houses, you know, and, and on and on. Um but in our world where we're at, we don't, I, I've said it this way, you don't judge people's suffering by how good of a story it makes. Um, you, you judge it by the effect that it's had on the person who is it happened to. And um, so for, you know, the poor child in, 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 in the inner city who is struggling day in, day out, that is real. And the, the rich white kid whose dad is messing around on his mom every weekend and they, they never speak to each other and he feels like he needs to cut himself. That is absolutely real as well. So uh, I, I said all that to say he he's talking about his suffering and, and versus this one and how this show, you know, maybe I never intended it to help with that. No, this is exactly what it's for. It's exactly what it's for. It just blows my mind that it actually is doing what I, you know, anything close to what I hope that it would do. Well, ladies and gentlemen, the show has come to a close. Thank you so much for listening. Consider supporting this show on Patreon. You heard me talking about it in regards to that story show. Um, visit patreon.com slash MMDcast today. It's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash MMDcast. And consider supporting us for a dollar a show. Um, basically, every time I put out a show, you will... Uh, have pledged a dollar. So a grand total, the most you can be charged in a, in a month's time would be uh, $4. But that kind of stuff helps, especially for me where I'm at. This is the closest thing I have to an income and, uh, and, and to a job. So I would appreciate your support. Again, that's patreon.com slash MMDcast. Uh, be sure to visit us online. It's MMDcast.com. Uh, email your MMD moments to MMDcast at gmail.com. You can review the show on iTunes or wherever you found us. That always helps. Follow the show on Twitter, twitter.com slash MMDcast. And uh, follow us on, uh, you can you can follow me personally on Twitter slash NLcast, okay? Um, here's hoping that every day you find something that makes your day. 
missed that cue.